Good morning, everybody. I said good morning, everybody. Here we are on July 10th, 2022. Can you believe it? Somebody has a birthday today. Linda Doria has a birthday today. Happy birthday. My name is Jackie Lewis, and uh, for all of you who are here for the very first time, I just want to offer you a thick, deep, warm welcome from our whole middle family. Um, on behalf of the board and all of our team, we're so glad you're here. And if you're there for the very first time, if you found us and now you're here, welcome home. We're so glad to have you. Uh, let me just uh, give you a couple of highlights of some of the things that are going on in the life of Middle Church. Um, one, let me start with this. I'm so grateful to you that you are wearing a well-fitted mask over your mouth and nose. What a pain in the behind. <laughs> Yet, to echo Tom's amen, this is how we love on each other right now, right? The COVID four and five strains, four A, five B, whatever those are, they are Huber contagious and Huber uh, tenacious. So thank you for doing that. Let's keep our mouths and nose covered when we pass the piece today. You know we love to squeeze each other. Don't squeeze anybody today. Just, I know, just to give them an appropriate vow. Just, you know, I know you won't get to get your body smash on, but let's just, let's just, let's just give each other an appropriate. That made you laugh, huh? Mm -hmm. You know, we come here like, let me get a hug. Okay, so let's do, let's do that well. Um, then I want to say that we are actively, the board, the staff, we've all done some great planning to get ready for this year's program year. The new year started July 1. Woohoo! July 1, a new year. So stay tuned for some amazing small groups and some amazing opportunities to connect, including today in the park right across the street. And we'd love for you to come say hi, come give each other, maybe you could hug outside with your mask on. Anyway, come, come hang out with each other in the park um, uh, in a kind of a meet and greet, uh, middle social today, that would be awesome. We're organizing this week with a beautiful book reading with Reverend Amanda. Um, <laughs> And um, it's a, a beautiful book. I can't say his name, Fred Joseph, his beautiful book about patriarchy blues. Here it all comes. It is going to be fierce at the Lower East Side Girls Club on Wednesday. Make sure you come at 7 o'clock uh, for an incredible intersectional conversation that helps us to think about all the reasons that we're doing what we do. Um, I could tell you more. I want to invite you to pay attention to your bulletin. Um, we've got stuff for kids, we've got stuff for seniors, we've got stuff for um, our LGBTQ community and always doing the anti-racist thing. So let's have you come play with us. Um, as the choir comes, I'm going to invite um, Dr. Karen Blacks to come and just stand near me. Part of our July 1 planning is getting ourselves staffed for the future. I'm singing it. Karen Blacks has joined our team. <laughs> this is Dr. Karen Blacks. She is our new minister for operations and executive management. Welcome, Karen. All right, why don't you stand and sing our opening hymn as you are able. Thank you. Hello, Claire. 
I'm Rachel, and I'm going to be giving you the message for all ages this morning. I'm so glad to be with you this morning. Whether you're in the pews with us at East End, or if you're virtually with us, I'm so excited to hold space with you. It feels good to be with other people who love us, right? It feels good to be reminded that we're loved. And that's exactly what I want to talk about today about how important it is that we share love with each other, but also how important it is that we share love with ourselves. Have you ever thought about that before? How we tell each other that we love each other? How we tell maybe our friends or our family members or folks who care for us, I love you, and how good it probably feels for them to receive that. Have you ever thought about telling yourself that you love you? That's what I wanna ask us to do this morning. This is something that you can do maybe when you're feeling sad or when you're feeling like, I really wish someone would tell me that they love me this morning. Or I really wish I could get a hug or an embrace. So this is something you can do when you wake up in the morning or maybe in the middle of the day. Maybe you're at school and something's happened and you can't quite reach somebody or Maybe you're on the playground and you, you skint your knee and you need a little bit of a love moment. So this is something I'm gonna invite you to do with me this morning. And there's a couple of ways that we can do it. So whether you're sitting in the pew, whether you're at home, here's two ways that we can do this. It's a practice that you can do to love yourself in a moment when you really need to feel it. So you're gonna give yourself a hug. And that could be with your arms, or it could just be you closing your eyes and imagining yourself giving a hug. It could be either of those things. So I'm gonna invite you, if you feel comfortable, to close your eyes, imagine giving yourself a hug, or actually do it if you're able. Give yourself a hug like this. Maybe it needs to be extra tight this morning. That's okay, it's your hug that you're giving yourself. Wrap your arms around and then when you take a breath in, I want you to think about this. I want you to say to yourself, I love you. Just say it to yourself when you breathe in. I love you. And when you breathe out, maybe think about these sad feelings or, the, or maybe the negative things that you might have heard in the day and just breathe them out. So you breathe in, you'll go, I love you. And breathe out the bad thoughts, the negative thoughts, the things that might be holding you down. It's so important that we remind ourselves daily that we're loved too, that while we offer to everyone else love and care, that we don't forget to do it for ourselves too. So when you start to feel blue, or maybe a little sad, I wanna invite you to do this practice, to think about the hug or to give yourself a hug and remind yourself that you are so loved, that God loves you, that we love you, and that you are a part of the world that makes it joyful. Sending all my love to you all. Have a wonderful week. We are
Good morning, family. It is now time for prayers for the people. Siblings, friends, family, pray with me. Dear God, in a time where we are experiencing challenge and turmoil and chaos, let your love come down. Let us know that we have the privilege once again my God, my God, to be glad that we are in the house of the Lord to worship. Let us rejoice in this day. Let us rejoice in being each other's Samaritan, each other's neighbor, each other's friend. Let us know that love is the power that can overcome, that can heal, that can bring us to our best selves, that gives us the ability to see God in each other's eyes. And now praying in the space of faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. We pray in the name of the one who is our rock and redeemer, our friend, our comforter, our great teacher, Jesus Christ. And all say, amen. Amen. So family, at this time, the Lord's Prayer and the tradition, the way that you know it, let us say it together. Ever-loving, holy God, hallowed be your name. Thy king come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. And now, my friends, rise as you can and as you will to safely extend the passing of the peace. Safely. <laughs> Amen.
That felt like some extra jazzy piano and band to me. What about y'all? <laughs> Thank you all so much. Today's scripture lesson is found in Luke's gospel. It's the story of the Good Samaritan, Jesus' answer uh, to what love looks like. So we're going to be thinking today about what it means to love this way. Listen now. For a word from God. Friends, this is Luke 10, verses 25 to 37 from the New Revised Standard Version. An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, well, what's written in the law? What do you read there? The expert answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you've given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to vindicate himself, the expert asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and took off, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw the man laying there, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw the man, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling down the road, came upon him, and when he saw the man, he was moved with compassion. The Samaritan went to him and bandaged his wounds, treating them with oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, take care of this man. And when I come back, I will pay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. <laughs> yeah. This is the show enough challenging word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Holy friend, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen.
man, oh man, oh man. This loving your neighbor thing is some hard A dollar sign, dollar sign work. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it is. And the, the expert, the so-called expert, was being very human when he asked Jesus to kind of clarify what this law meant. Some of the gospel writers call this person a scribe or a rich wrangler. But the whole idea then and now, I think, is we want to do the right thing. I mean, most of us really want to do the right thing. Everybody in here except for me really wants to. <laughs> no, we really want to do the right thing. And in that context, the kind of how do you keep these codes, how do you keep these laws, these 613 laws, what does it look like to keep them? Not 10, 613. So there was a whole business around helping people understand how to keep the law, how to thread that needle, how to get in there, how to do the thing, but maybe not do the full thing, how to wrestle with the thing, but to be good enough with the thing. That's, that's why you all are here today, aren't you? You want to do the right thing. You come in the summer heat to figure out how we're going to make our lives, how we're going to order our steps in the word, dear Lord, how we're going to find the way to be our most just, most righteous, most loving selves. And also, we want to know what not to do. We want to know what not to do. So here is Jesus telling this story to explain to the expert what love looks like. The law says... Jesus isn't pulling this out of his hat. It's, De it's Deuteronomy and it's Leviticus that Jesus is, is turning the rich young expert to, if you will. And he knows. Love God with all the things. Love God with all of yourself. Your heart, your soul, your might, your strength. All of it. Love God with all of that. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Love them equally. This is what it is. Who's the neighbor? This is the loophole. Who's my neighbor? Hmm, who is my neighbor? Those pregnant people who want, who need, who desire an abortion. Are they my neighbor? Yes. The 10 year old girl in Ohio? My niece is 10. Her body is so little, so athletic, Rio. <laughs> She'll be 11 in a few weeks. She's so tiny. To be impregnated by somebody would destroy her little womb. But the, the horrible, accidental something where an egg and a sperm meet inside that 10-year-old's little body and takes hold and thrives and lives for six weeks and the people in Ohio don't want that neighbor to have an abortion? Is she their neighbor? Are the parents of the trans child just trying to come out to be who they believe they are? Are those parents our neighbor? Is the baby who's just trying to wrestle to identity our neighbor? Are the houseless people on the streets in California, in San Francisco, our neighbor? Yeah. 
Are the children walking through the encampment of the houseless people? Are those children our neighbors? Are the people disenfranchised from the vote in Georgia and around the country, are they our neighbors? Are the gay people who can still get married on a Saturday and have to hide who they love on a Monday, are they our neighbors? Are the Asian aunties who feel their lives in threat because they're Asian and we're still dealing with the stupid A double <laughs> stupid ass <laughs> Asian flu crap, are they our neighbors? Jesus' word is challenging to those folks and challenging to us now. And he tells the story, the story of neighbor, by picking an outsider to star in the drama. The Samaritan was to the Jews then as maybe for some Christians, Muslims are now, or Buddhists are now, or atheists are now, or even lefties like us are now. They were outside of the frame. They did not belong in the middle. They were not in the center. And the Jewish people, who had been marginalized themselves, they were marginalized themselves, let's not misunderstand that, also had a feeling about mixed race people as being even more marginalized, right? So Jesus picks up the story of a marginalized other, a, a mixed race from the mixed race yucky places, other as the one who stars in the drama of this is what love looks like. That in itself is Jesus being radical, revolutionary in his teaching. Because what you think is unclean, I'm telling you, they know how to do it, baby. And, and in this reframing of inside, outside, clean, unclean, the two people who walk by, the injured man, are clean people, so to speak. They're religiously upright people. Do you feel what I'm trying to say? The priest is an upright leader, and the Levite is an upright spiritual leader. So there's a little criticism doing, Jesus is doing right there of his own people, of his own religious people, right? The, the, the religiousness by itself did not make them right. That wasn't what made the thing right. What made the thing right was love that was sacrificial. What made the thing right was going to the unclean place. The, the, the bleeding man was unclean by Jewish standards. What made the Samaritan radical and revolutionary in his love was he stepped into the mess to do the right thing, inconvenience to do the right thing, put his own cleanliness nature in, at risk to do the right thing. Jesus teaches that the way we love, the way to love is to go to where the beaten down, stripped, naked, left to die person is and do something about it. That requires sacrifice. It requires taking a journey to the place where we're not comfortable. It requires stepping out on the edge of where we feel we belong, to go to the beaten down by economic despair, 
to go to the beaten down by disenfranchisement, to go to the imprisoned, to go to the sick, to go to the border, to go to the left out, to go to the lost, to go to the yucky, yucky, icky people who we don't really think fit in our frame. To the 10-year-old who's pregnant, to the queer person who's just trying to love their lives, to the black life that still doesn't matter, 60 bullets in your body because you ran away. What in the hell? To go to the place where the non-just, righteous, faithful, Christian, straight, white, hegemonic people live, to go past that to the borderlands where people are trying to do the right thing. Do you hear what I'm saying, my friends? Individually, we might think to ourselves, I don't know what that kind of love looks like. I mean, conceptually, would you ever really like pick up the broken person and take them to an inn and pay the bill? Would you really do that? Would you do it if you had the chance to do it? I don't know, but it happened to me. You've heard my story of the good Canadian who saw a broken, beaten, Afro-having, blood-smeared chick who had had a car accident and did, in fact, put me in her car, crazy white lady, drive me to the hotel, pay the bill, right? Pick me up the next morning, take me to get a car, feed me. She crossed all the boundaries to get to me, to love me. It happens. People take those kinds of risks, that crazy, radical, ridiculous kind of love. They love that way. And to bring it closer to home, let me tell us on my grandchild, Ophelia. <laughs> Ophelia. <laughs> <laughs> Who at four is a grown woman. Her little brother, Octavius, is loved this fierce, revolutionary way by his big sister. They were outside in the park getting those balloon animals made, and she brought him a pink one. No, her a pink one, him a blue one. And as soon as they started playing sword fight with the balloons, his broke, and his face broke. And just as his face was breaking, just as he was preparing to do the two-year-old howl, because <laughs> there's a lot of it up in there when you're two, and you cannot believe the balloon is broken. She looked at her balloon and gave Octavius her pink balloon sword. And then he played with her toy and she just used her hands. I think that's pretty freaking revolutionary at four because <laughs> there's a lot of it when you're four too. But there's some way that her parents are curating kindness, like we're curating kindness in our kids. And she loves him fiercely, too. He gets out of line and she'll go, no, thank you, Octavius. <laughs> Which she's being taught by her parents as well. What I'm saying is fierce love, our loving this way, doesn't mean everything goes. It means we get to tell the truth in love to one another as well, right? But middle family, this is our calling, you know? We get, can get stuck in like whether we should be pro-abortion or, or pro-choice or pro-life or all the pros. And I don't, I, could tell you, I don't really care 
<laughs> what you think about that. You get to choose what you think about that. That's what it means to have choice. But we don't get to choose somebody else's choice about what they do with their body. We don't get to do that. We don't get to Christianize America with a warped sense of Jesus' teachings. When his teaching is love God, love neighbor, love self, everything else is commentary. We need to sit down and be quiet and let America be the multi-faith, multicultural, love all the different kinds of ways, place it is, in freedom and in joy and in love. We don't get to push our agenda on a nation that is filled with Jews and Muslims and Buddhists and Zoroastrians and atheists and agnostics and Unitarians. <laughs> That's not what we were called to do. We were called to go to the border like you did, middle family, and stand up for the disenfranchised. We're called to go to the places where there's disenfranchisement and walk down Fifth Avenue in the heat and stand up for our queer siblings. We're called, we're called to make a way for little children to find out who they are and be fully who they are and to be known and seen and loved for who they are. We're called to create a context in which all of our children will understand the history and story of race and bigotry and anti-Semitism in this country and get well because they learn it and know it. We're called to that. We're called to make sure that everybody who can vote gets to vote. That's what we're called to. And we're called to never, ever, never, ever, ever pretend that Jesus wasn't political with his political behind. <laughs> Feeding the people, healthcare without a card. <laughs> Hello? Dealing with systems and structures to make sure that his culture was safe for all the folks. That's called politics, people, which is about the people. This is the religion of Rabbi Jesus, whether you call him friend, savior, coach, mentor, prophet, the religion of Jesus, the Christ, the religion of Yeshua ben Joseph is the religion of love, period. Love, period. We have to love this way. Putting our self-interest aligned with the self-interest of those on the outside, using our financial resources to make this world a better place, and throwing ourselves into the place where someone needs to be rescued and to say, here I am, God, use me. So, that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep on loving hard. And it's hard. And we need every single one of you in this movement so we can move the needle from unjust to just. Because love corrects everything that stands against justice. Middle family.
that's our job. May it be so. Amen. Good day, Little. Hi, <laughs> I'm Danita Branham, and I'm back at my old job. I've been volunteering as the middle treasurer for two years. <laughs> We've recently been working on a new consolidated three-year budget that will be known as the Middle Rising One Fund, which will support our operating budget and the rebuild on our site. We're starting that campaign this month, which is the beginning of our fiscal year. Over the summer, our stewardship team and staff will be refining our programming and budget and we'll share all of that with you when we all return in September for homecoming. But in the meantime, won't you consider coming closer to us? Go to our website if you've been dating us and just join. By the way, those who joined in the past year have been participating in Mingle with Jackie online events. So you don't want to pass those up. And over the summer, won't you please consider participating in or volunteering for our small groups? They focus on racial justice, reparations, voter registration, Bible studies, pride, and more. So please, just go to our website and check it out for greater details. And please remember to share your treasure with us. It's through your support that our innovation in worship, care, education and advocacy happens. We can't do it without you, each of you. Thank you. I set out 
out on a narrow way many years ago, hoping I would find true love along a broken road. But I got lost a time or two, wiped my brow and kept pushing couldn't see how every sign pointed straight to you. But every long lost dream led me to God bless the broken road that led me straight to you.
Sherry Band, thank you all. And now let's pray together. Holy and loving one for the opportunity to come together, to be rejuvenated through music, good theology and community, we give you thanks. And for the opportunity to give back, God, we give you thanks. And so now bless these gifts that have been given. Bless them for the work that we know we are called to do in this world. Amen. So we are at our closing hymn, y'all. <laughs> the words are in your bulletin. Then. Thank you so much, Dion. Thank you so much, band. Thank you, choir. Thank you, incredible volunteers. We're so glad you're here today. Thank you for coming to church, y'all. From wherever you are, we, we ain't church if you don't come, you know? So it's really good you're here. Let, let, us, let us think together on what it means to love this way. To love as though our neighbor is a part of us. To love as though we are inextricably connected, our lives, one life, 
that their thriving and our thriving are inextricably linked. Let us live as though we do not need to push our Christian-ish agenda on a pluralistic nation, but rather our neighbor's self-interest causes us to live for freedom, to work for justice, to live as though God can use us, to love as though God can use us, to love this way, this hard way, this powerful, transforming way. I ask the Holy One to descend upon your day, to circle around your heart, to hug you so tight with love that you can't help but love somebody else. I ask Middle Church to keep being anointed by God's Spirit to change the world with our radical, revolutionary love. And may the peace that surpasses understanding be ours today and always. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.